The final girl may live, but she's stripped of so much by the time the credits roll. Krista Carmen, something borrowed, something blood-soaked. Welcome to Books in the Fraser, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Devin. And today we're getting straight to the point with some bite-sized selections talking about horror short story collections. This episode of Books in the Freezer is brought to you by Audible. This podcast wouldn't be possible without audiobooks. So if you want some spooky stories told by some familiar voices, try Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, read by Dexter's Michael C. Hall, or The Dead Zone, read by James Franco, or podcast favorite, Joe Hill's Nosferatu, read by Kate Mulgrew. For a free audiobook and 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com slash books in the freezer. Happy listening. Yay, we are here talking about short story collections, which is some of my favorite kind of horror. Yes. I think it's also the easiest horror to introduce people to the genre. Definitely. In a way, I think horror is probably in its best form, if I may be so bold, um, in terms of short fiction. Because it takes a real masterful writer. That's why there's only so many authors that are like the top tier when it comes to horror. Because... Carrying somebody through the length of the full-length novel is very difficult in terms of horror because of the up and down the emotions and such. Um, with short fiction and short prose, um, you can kind of just establish a scene or establish the narrative of the world, uh, the atmosphere, what's going on really fast, um, get to what's going on, and then hit them with that climax and then gone, in and out. It requires less manipulation of the pers- of the reader's um, feelings and emotions. No, I agree. There's a sense of control throughout the story. And I feel like every word choice when you're writing a short story has to be considered. And it's a lot easier to keep the tension throughout a small length of time than it is throughout an epic novel. Yeah, exactly. It's a sense of control, but it's not a sustained control over a very, very long time or a long body of work. You can. It, it's much easier to control the reader and how they're feeling in a shorter piece. Definitely. And we talked about this being a really good introductory thing. So if you are trying to get someone to try horror, short fiction is definitely we think a good way to go. And and with the way short story collections go, uh, you tend to, you can kind of cater the horror to the person you're trying to get into the genre. Like if you know they have a thing but clowns, darkness, insects, you can, you can literally find a collection that's tailor-made generally for a certain type of horror, certain type of feeling. And it's, it's much easier to, to locate that kind of thing versus if you look at longer fiction, um, they're usually titled and and marketed more broadly and less uh, specific and less niche. Well, I think there's a, a little more broadness when you're talking about single author collections. And I think that's what I like about them, because I think we really get to see authors stretch muscles they probably wouldn't get to do throughout a novel. And we get to see them, I guess, 
like play in different playgrounds uh, when you read a single author collection because there's usually not usually but you know oftentimes you could read a collection and have like a zombie story a slasher story a ghost story a more subdued story a psychological horror story something that's completely different or something that's maybe a little more weird and trippy and I've always really liked that about single author collections, just seeing what people are capable of. Yeah, that's the opposite side of the spectrum where um, you can have the very catered, very specific tone or theme for the collection with multiple authors. An anthology. Yes. Um, yes, an anthology. Um, versus, again, the single author collection where it's more of the author a lot of times showing their variety in which... They can um, tell a story or use certain characters, certain uh, settings that they may have used in other works. And it, Basically, uh, a short story collection or an anthology are really cool toolboxes authors can use to, like like you said, stretch, stretch various muscles and experiment around without committing the months and months and months it would take to do a long-form novella or novel. Definitely. Is there anything you specifically like in short story collections or in short stories in general? I think... In short stories, I tend to appreciate more ambiguity in them more so than with full-length novels, like where you're um, in and out so fast. I like it when they leave, especially endings. Um, I like it when they leave it to the imagination of the reader. And I find it's... If I read a full-length novel with how slow I read in general, it's like... I don't want to spend two weeks reading a book and get to the end and be like, okay, I don't know what the, what, what happened. <laughs> I can digest that better with a short story because <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I took 30 minutes, I've read it, and now I'm thinking about it after the fact. So I, I, I appreciate more ambiguity, more um, abstract kind of storytelling in shorter fiction versus the longer form. I'd agree with that. I think ambiguity in a way like sticks its landing better when it's it's short fiction, it's easier to swallow. My thing is like the writing, like when I read a story and it takes a very good writer to do this, but I definitely like to start reading a story and feel like I'm just dropped in a world already. Like I don't like when I spend like two paragraphs trying to figure out where I am. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're writing a short story, you don't have the time allotted to you to world build. Exactly. So it's hard. (laughs) In in turn, also, Mm -hmm. this means that I'm not sure if this is kind of what you meant, but in terms of this, I think writing also becomes more important because, in my opinion, even if you're a poor writer, if you're a good storyteller over the length of a novel, you can still keep me invested with your characters, with your plot, with what's going on. Um, in a short story, you don't have we don't have the time to get to know these characters, this world. We're immediately dropped in. We have to go based on what we see on the page. So I think when I'm reading a short story, I'm more focused on the writing itself more so than than a novel or so. I'm not quite as forgiving of the writing. <laughs> I think like if a, if a book has weak writing, it's it's really hard for me to get into it. I think people just value different things, though. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I just mean that in the case of examples of poor writing yeah character and plot can has a better chance of keeping you at least somewhat in the story than with a short story where you don't have that time to get invested that makes sense with a short story you're more about the impact and the immediate thing happening mm-hmm. um or what was happening or what's what's presented to you in the story you don't get time to sit and meander with the characters and um you know, reflect on what's happened so far and things like this and really get into it. So it's more immediate, more, not to overuse the word, but more impactful for the most part. And I see what you're saying. It takes a 
you need a certain technical ability as a short storyteller. One thing, and I'm, um, I'm going to turn my gain in actually because I think I'm getting a little hot. Hold on. Da, da, da. Check. Okay. Um, one thing I will say, and I believe or at least hope the writing um, audience that listens to this podcast will back me up on, is that I am of the belief that short story writing and novel writing are two completely different muscles to work on. You can be the greatest novelist in the world. That doesn't mean you can write a great short story. They are completely different pieces of art. A lot of advice people I hear um, for writers is if you want to learn how to write, you know, want to write your first novel, start writing with some short stories. I don't agree with that all that much because, like I said, it's it's entirely different story flow. It's entirely different narrative. I Makes sense to me. I'm not a writer, so I can't like... <laughs> really back you up with any gusto here but that sounds about right (laughs) i think a lot of people that are exclusively short story writers don't get as much not respect but recognition um for their craft because i i think it's usually more about the novels even the novellas and, and the longer form short story writing is such a different beast to tame that the people that do it really well i think deserve much more recognition and professional um, atmosphere than they actually do receive. So that's why I'm very glad we're doing this particular episode. Mm -hmm. I think another good thing with short form like this is that it's a really good place to give indie authors a chance. Because like you were saying, there's so much time that is invested into a full-length novel. And I think if there's an author who does write both short stories and novels, I think I'd like a chance to see them in the short form to see if their writing gels with me before I jump into that, you know, long-term commitment. Oh, definitely. And this may possibly be stereotyping unfairly, but I believe, and I, I feel as from my own experience that I think a lot of indies do start off with either novellas or short form fiction um, because if you're doing it as an indie, editing is incredibly expensive and you pay per word. So it's a lot more cost effective to try and put out a short story collection or, or again, shorter work in general um, because it's not going to cost you as much on the editing side and then you get it up there and then you start your platform that way. So there is a lot of indies that start with this kind of fiction and I think, yeah, it is, it's a really good introduction to them because although, again, I attest that it's such a different kind of writing in terms of narrative mm-hmm. and, and just the way it's told, you can get a feel for the writing, the the way the characters uh, are portrayed, their vernacular, the way uh, scenes are set and things like this, that kind of stuff will translate to their longer fiction as well so yeah it's a, it's a great way to find um, indie authors and small press authors that you may have never heard of before and kind of give you a little taste of what you can expect if you read their longer work definitely i recently got a, a kindle unlimited subscription and i've seen a ton of horror short story collections that i've been adding to my tbr but something else i've also noticed is that Um, A lot of people want to know about women writing horror, and there are a lot of horror short story collections written by women. And I do want to mention the ladiesofhorrorfiction.com. They are a website and an Instagram. They are just everything, but they are committed to, like, their whole thing is highlighting women in horror. So if you're looking for a good short story collection and you want like an indie author who's also a woman, I would definitely check them out. They are a great resource. I have nothing to add to that. I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
where where you have indie publishing and you uh, you're removing the 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 gatekeepers per se of traditional publishing you can find people that wouldn't have normally got the same opportunities maybe before can just go ahead and do it so you're you're going to find a lot of um probably lesser known voices uh female voices in in that particular community so yeah it's it's definitely a good place to go find authors of that nature definitely and there's been other short story collections that we have mentioned in previous episodes that we've enjoyed that we're not going to mention as our picks necessarily for this episode so again i did want to shout out some of our favorites from last year but i had to mention mike thorne's darkest hours that i think was my favorite last year coming in at a very close second i will say was ghost summer by tanana reeve do i think i recommended that for our summer episode but those are all short story collections that take place in a fictional town in florida and she plays with a lot of different subgenres, so some horror, some post-apocalyptic, some more sci-fi speculative, so definitely recommend that. And Rachel's favorite from last year was Christina Meester's Everything That's Underneath, and I can also say, great collection. So again, just wanted to mention those. Not necessarily our picks, but just shouting them out again. And of course, uh, like any other uh, particular genre or type of horror that we talk about, there's been a ton of movies adapted from short stories. Uh, some you may not have realized were short stories. First one that comes to mind in that regard is Candyman. Candyman being a primo horror series of films that was based on a Clive Barker uh, short story within the Books of Blood. Um, as was Midnight Meat Train with Vinnie Jones. That movie is a masterpiece and one of my favorite stephen king ones 1408 with john cusack not children of the corn no children of the corn was a dumpster fire that's fun to watch ironically (laughs) (laughs) but that is another one that was a short story so i mean there's a ton of them out there Mm -hmm. also the birds that was a short story by daphne du maurier yep yep so there's a lot also you guys can comment on our post on instagram and let us know what your favorite adaptation that's based on a short story is please do. I'm only just learning Instagram now, so it'd be great to see some more stuff. Yeah, Devin doesn't know how to Instagram, so say hi to him. What's Instagram again? <laughs> All right, do you think we should talk about books now? I think that would be a very good idea. Okay. So one of the first collections I want to talk about is We Should Have Left Well Enough Alone by Ronald Malfi. And I want to talk about three stories that really stood out to me. The first one was the first story. It's called The Dinner. And this follows a mother who has a newborn baby, and we kind of follow her throughout her day as she is planning a dinner party. I think her husband and I think his boss and his boss's wife are going to be coming over. And she's really nervous about this dinner party. You're following her through a grocery store, but you also see that she thinks she's being followed by men in dark suits. And this was just fantastic psychological horror that had this like real gut punch ending that just gets you right away. And I thought just a very great opening to a collection. Also, I will have to say a lot of these most collections that I've noticed have a really good opener. You know, the the order that they put their stories in is very deliberate. So there's usually like a really good just gut punch strong first story that's going to reel you in just like right away. Yeah, that's usually the best way to start off a collection. Very effective. Love it. (laughs) So the next one I want to talk about is the housewarming. And this is about a young, upwardly mobile couple that moves into a new house in a desirable neighborhood. And they're throwing a housewarming party, trying to get to know their new neighbors. And people keep coming in and they keep coming in and nobody is leaving and they keep coming in and they keep making themselves at home and they keep touching everything and going into all the rooms And 
it had this very Twilight Zone-esque feel to it because it's a nightmare. I think as an introvert, this story was just a nightmare. Just like people coming into our house and just making themselves at home, like I said, and they keep looking at the clock and the clock hasn't changed. So they all think like the party has just started and it's like you're in the mood to wind down, but people are like just coming in and you can't get them out. So this to me was like an introvert nightmare. <laughs> I would imagine. It felt. I didn't see the movie Mother, but the way people talked about it, it definitely felt like what that movie sounded like, if that makes any sense. It does, yes. <laughs> just like, please leave. <laughs> and the last one was just kind of a funny one. This one's called The Jumping Sharks of Dire Island. And this is about a husband who takes his wife on a vacation on an island. And there's some jealousy that gets a little out of hand. And that's all I'm going to say, because you just need to read it. That does involve jumping sharks on Dire Island. <laughs> I was going to say, when you talk about jumping sharks, you mean like actually jumping sharks or jumping the shark? Ha ha ha. No, like literal jumping sharks. <laughs> I see what okay. you did there. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was We Should Have Left Well Enough Alone by Ronald Malfi. Are we going to do temperature ratings for story collections? Because um, I feel like there's a big range within a short story collection. You can't really just put a label on it. Yeah. Yeah, you would, you would probably need to judge each story individually. Okay. So listeners, no temperature ratings for these ones. Just realize there's probably going to be some room temperatures, some fridge ones, and maybe some freezer ones. Basically how it's going to go. Yeah, that's that's a safe assumption for most of these. All right. So what about you? Me? I'm going to start with it's technically it's a recommendation for a series, a long running series. Um this is Doug Bradley's Spine Chillers. Specifically, the one I'm referring to for this episode is volume 6. It might even be somewhat cheating because um, the, like Doug Bradley didn't write these. He's not the, the author. This is more of an audio production of them. But what he does, he has taken together like classic horror short stories and put them into a collection and narrated it himself. And for those who do not know, we mentioned Clive Barker earlier in the episode. Doug Bradley is the actor who plays Pinhead in the Hellraiser series. Um, he has this series called The Spine Chillers, where they take, like I said, classic horror stories and they put them together. And it's an audio production you can get on Audible. Uh, volume 6, just just listen to this lineup for a second. Volume 6 has The Pit and the Pendulum by Edgar Allan Poe, um, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Bierce, The Rats in the Walls by H.P. Lovecraft. So you knew I was going to at least mention him once. Um, a little lesser known one is The Green Eye of the Little Yellow God by J. Milton Hayes and The Mark of the Beast by Rudyard Kipling, who most people will recognize from the Jungle Book fame. I don't know if I need to go in much detail about the stories themselves. Like, The Pit and the Pendulum is an iconic piece. Um, Kipling, actually, when he does his, like, darker fantasy stuff, is uh, horror. It's not, there's not a lot of work out there for that, but it's it's really well done. Um, Ambrose Bierce, he is the writer who created uh, Carcosa um, and basically created Haster, which are all elements that was later adapted by Robert Chambers to create The King in Yellow, which later was put into Lovecraft stories. Lovecraft was inspired by it. So there's, there's a lot of rich horror history in this collection. I'm picking Volume 6 specifically because An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge is narrated by special guest Robert England. Oh, 
It's a good Twilight Zone episode, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found this series when I was looking, when I was just dream casting, finding a narrator for my own books. And man, I wish Robert England would do it for me. And I found <laughs> that he narrated for this story. And they, like, Doug Bradley's, his narrations are amazing. Um, so is Robert England. So it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's just an audio, audio audible only or an audiobook only kind of offering, but I had to suggest it. It's, I think this series itself is unmissable, especially if you're a horror fan, because it not only goes and does a narration of the story, but the first two chapters of the audiobook is Doug Bradley breaking down like um, a little biography of Poe and writing The Pit and the Pendulum. And Kipling, he tells you about how Kipling's early life went and led him into this story. So there's background and education to it as well. So again, as a horror fan, I think it's it's a must listen to. So does he read it in a pinhead voice <laughs> he does not read it in pinhead's <laughs> voice thankfully because that would be absolutely horrifying <laughs> but he has a great voice for audio so so does robert england as you guys can probably imagine all right and that is doug bradley's spine chillers specifically volume six but please check out the rest of the series too they they're all they're all pretty great have you listened to all of them i listened to six and I believe two and three i think those are pretty popular because i was looking for horror audiobooks the other day and I looked for most popular, and all of those popped up at the top. Oh yeah, I don't like I said I don't doubt that at all. I mean, he's Doug Bradley is a big name in horror and just in general, mm-hmm. right? My next pick is something borrowed, something blood soaked by Krista Carmen. Uh, I do have to say I love the cover for this. It's like a woman in a red dress, like wearing a pig mask and like writing on a wall in blood. And I'm like, yes, everything here is yes. That sounds about right. <laughs> so the first story that really got to me was called Red Room. And it's about a woman who is receiving these unnerving and grotesque pictures on her cell phone, which she thinks are some kind of warning, but nobody else really thinks it's real. And they're all kind of writing it off as like, oh, it's probably just a wrong number. And you're you're freaking out about things too much. And this is just something that really got under my skin because these are like a gory, bloody pictures that she is getting on her phone and everyone just keeps writing it off. And there's something I think about technological horror and about this kind of horror because this is also what got to me about Nathan Ballingrude's story, like the one that's getting adapted this year. Um, what is it? The Invisible Filth had this kind of element to it. And both times, so I have not learned my lesson, both times I was reading these stories like on my Kindle app, like in my bed at night, like under the covers. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> like completely freaking myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a freezer. Really. Yeah. <laughs> at least for Steph. Like those kind of stories, I don't know why. Like they legitimately freak me out. So that one I will say is really good, has a really good ending. And just immediately I was invested in this short story collection. I'm like, all right. Krista Carmen's got some chops and she can scare me. <laughs> so that one, that story was Red Room. Um, the next one was the next one that I really liked was All Souls Eve. And this was a bit of this one was a little more fun. So this one was a retelling of the Christmas Carol, except it's on Halloween and it's on the eve of the wedding of our main character in this story. And she is visited by her three ex-boyfriends. So it wasn't uh, necessarily horror. There were some horror elements like she's at this hotel and she is like 
watching a horror movie and you know her wedding is going to be on Halloween so there's like little horror elements here and there but I liked it because yes it was character centric and we get to look at this character and her past relationships and help these like ghosts of ex-boyfriends past like help her realize things about herself so it was good and there was a a thread about final girls going throughout the story. And I think this is the story where the pull quote from the top of the episode actually came from. Uh, that kind of ties back to the horror movie that she was watching at the beginning. But anyway, I really enjoyed this one. This was a really good story. And another good one was the Lady of the Flies, which I think if you're looking at the cover art is probably where that one comes into play. I think the cover art is kind of a mix of a few stories. But this one... I think had one of the best main characters in the collection and her name was <laughs> her name was Priscilla and she worked at a local Christmas tree farm and she's kind of the outsider of this community and she's kind of bullied and looked down upon uh but for Halloween the place where she works is kind of doing a, a haunted maze type of thing and so her job is to wear this pig mask and to scare people that are coming in and just throughout the story, you get a little bit of like what she's going through and what people think of her. And I'll just say it takes a very, very dark turn. You get to explore some some backstory, some trauma and see that play out. Mm -hmm. And also also a woman wearing a pig mask. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed this collection. I read this on Kindle Unlimited and I like 100% recommended. That was Something Borrowed, Something Blood Soaked by Krista Carmen. Yeah, of, of all of the, uh, the Steph picks on this particular episode, I think that's the one that's got my attention the most, just from you talking about it. Was it the pig mask? It, it, it may, <laughs> maybe. It might have been the pig mask. Okay, so one, I will say this, um, one of the stories in there is called The Girl Who Loved Bruce Campbell. Yep, yep this is the one that got <laughs> yeah. me. Totally. If he doesn't have a boomstick, I'm going to be very upset. You would enjoy it. And that brings me to my last pick, which is a short story collection from an indie author whom I have followed for a long time. Um, he's actually finally the third dead robot that I can start that I can talk to about on the podcast now, up there with Paul Cooley and uh, Justin McCumber. Uh, this is House of Phobos by Scott Roche. Um, what I enjoy with this is this is one of the first indie books that I've read. So it's got a little prestige here. It's essentially a themed short story collection like we talked about before where people can take you know certain niches and, and create uh, a bunch of stories around it. Um, as you can probably tell by the title, House of Phobos, uh, this is a book about fear. Um, each individual short story tackles a different phobia. Um... This is primarily a single author collection, but not entirely. Um, Scott writes all but two stories. Uh, there is the story In the Dark by Canadian-born J.R.D. Skinner, who is a, a talented indie author in, in and of himself. I will give him props for that. I'm a fan of Mr. Skinner. And this might get Steph's interest a little bit. The other one is Yet in Its Heights. And that's by Alistair Stewart. Yeah, Alistair is the owner of Escape Artists, which is the company responsible for Escape Pod, Podcastle, uh, Cast of Wonders, and very uh, dear podcast favorite for me is Pseudopod, which is a uh, podcast of horror short fiction. Other than the two of those uh, kind of cameos in a short story, the rest are done by Scott himself. Uh, it tackles arachnophobia. Uh, there's an interesting story called Teeth in there that I'm not going to talk about because I think you all should read this 
this this collection. Um, it is available on Kindle Unlimited, and don't want to go into too much because Scott is kind of one of those authors where the less you know going into the story, the better, especially in a short fiction. So I would say keep your eye on Teeth, keep your eye on Let's Make a Deal, and the last one, Running in a Fog. Those three, I'm just going to cryptically recommend for you to read. And uh, the book is on Kindle Unlimited, so if you have a subscription, I don't think there's any reason not to get this. That was House of Phobos by indie author Scott Roche. My final pick is also on Kindle Unlimited, and that is Greetings from Moon Hill by Anthony J. Rapino. This was such a fun collection. Uh, there's a bit of a framing device tying all these stories together in that they all take place in the fictional town of Moon Hill, which is in Pennsylvania, so where I live. And there's a bit of a, like, autumnal Halloween feeling kind of putting these all together. So it kind of has a bit of a a Halloween town spookiness going through, which I really enjoyed. So there's also that holding it together. But like I said, the framing device at the beginning is that you're following a, a travel magazine and they sent someone to write about Moon Hill, Pennsylvania. And he became very invested in all the weird stuff going on and he just never came back. So then they're sending someone else to go write about it. And in between each section, you get like a note from him and and something weird that he got into and discovered and wrote a piece about. And then you get into a story about that. I love when they take these collections and there's like an uh, an overall, an overarching story. Yeah. Ties all the stories between. It's uh, That's my favorite type of collection. Oh, I adored this collection. So I feel like they're all, it's such a solid piece that it, I think it's almost like tough to talk about individual stories. So I'm only going to talk about two And I'm not really going to go into them too much because I just think you need to read it. Uh, But one is called The Plumber, and it's about a plumber who has the ability to see people's secrets when he goes to their house to do his job. And things unfold from there. Fair. (laughs) Uh, And one is called uh, Loosely Enforced Rules. This is about a gang of young, violent 'er ne'er-do-wells that have a job that includes giving an older couple a scare. But let's just say things get a little out of hand. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And... There was just a really good range of tone throughout these stories. So some of these were really like Halloween-y, like pumpkin head type things. And then some of them are focusing on just characters in the town and really getting into a smaller scope and a bit of a larger scope. And like, you know, this one is about a coffee shop in the town. And I just really enjoyed it. This was just a really good collection. Um, and yeah, if you, like Devin and I, enjoy story collections that are kind of tied together or about fictional small towns or you're looking for something that has that halloweeny halloween town type feel to it i would definitely recommend greetings from moon hill and that is by anthony j rapino and like i said available on kindle unlimited oh man i'm jealous i've seen people that have the physical copy and i know like the end papers have like a map of the town and everything so i'm thinking i'm gonna get myself a physical copy Oh, yeah, that does sound good. That's what gets you the, the map and papers. I, I love extras. I, it's why I used to buy DVDs. It's now why I like getting the uh, e-copies a lot of time because the bonus content. Mm-hmm. It's great. So what was on Shudder this week, Steph? You will be surprised to know <laughs> that My Chilling Obsession is not a movie or a TV show this week. And it is not affiliated with Shudder. Oh, man, we're going to lose our non-sponsorship. <laughs> Uh, so mine's actually a podcast and it's the last movie 
is the title of it. It is a horror. It is a movie. No, it's not. It's about a movie. Very different. <laughs> okay. 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 That's right. So this is from the Public Radio Alliance, which is the same company that did the Black Tapes and Titanus and Rabbits, uh, except this is a limited series. Which I like because sometimes I think with their longer running shows, they tend to get a little out of hand and then they don't know how to end it. So this was just like a limited 10 episode series, you know, had the end in mind. It's a neat story that has a start and an end. I just thought it worked very well. So if you, like me, were going through like of like you were missing the black tapes and Tannis and you needed a little something and maybe a smaller dose, I would definitely recommend this. So this one follows Nick Silver and MK who are from the Tannis podcast, as they explore the existence of the last movie, or I think in there it's called like Tenebris Occulta. It's an infamous underground movie that is supposed to drive you insane. And so the legend is that every time they screen this movie, it ends in bloodshed and that no one is a, no one that has seen it is ever the same. And one of the only reviewers to come out of it like infamously said that they almost slipped on blood in the aisle as they were getting out and running away from people trying to tear them apart i i i'm enamored <laughs> at this right now so yeah it, it follows like the tannis black tapes thing where you're following the protagonist as they are interviewing people and like figuring stuff out and putting things together and traveling to interview another person so it definitely has that same setup, but it's a limited, I think only 10 episode series. And it aired a few months ago. I completely missed it. But as I was going through, I found this and I was so excited. So that was the last movie podcast. Well, it's good to have the old Stephanie back of recommending amazing podcasts that we would have never heard of otherwise. I'm, I'm happy about this because that sounds awesome. I wish I still work late night so I can listen to more podcasts. I got to get on this. All right. Um, and speaking of podcasts. Oh, you too? <laughs> my chilling obsession, again, to stay on brand with our uh, what I normally try to do with these chilling obsessions is make it tie back to the episode. And we I mentioned this earlier, actually. Um, but for those unaware, my chilling obsession is going to actually be Pseudopod, which um, up until meeting Stephanie was literally the only horror fiction podcast that I really was aware of. Um and by horror fiction, I don't mean like books in the freezer. I mean it's actually short story, um, short stories narrated and presented up online, like basically read as as small audiobooks. Um, Pseudopod is it's hosted by a gentleman by the name of Alistair Stewart that I mentioned earlier, and for many years now, I've got to double check how long it's been going on, but it has been going on for ages, and it's always been one of like the primo places for. Um, indie authors and up and coming audio narr- audiobook narrators to get their start in the industry. Um, if you go back far enough within the the banks and the the archive of Pseudopod, you're going to find huge authors. Um, pretty much all of them that are relevant today have some connection to Pseudopod. Uh, Grady Hendrix has a Christmas episode. Uh, that's episode five twenty two. 
uh, called The Christmas Spirits, the, A Tale of the White Street Society. Christy Demeester has an episode, um, The Room in the Other House, which... I loved that one. I was going to say, if you look up, if you just Google best pseudopod episodes, you'll find that on at least most of them, like a top ten list. Uh, another one that I would probably recommend would be... It's a Thomas Ligotti story, so the horror pod class guys will probably be happy that i'm mentioning is that one the town manager or are you talking about a different one yeah 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 it's episode 605 the town manager it's narrated by anson mount who is an amazing actor <laughs> um from pool hall junkies also britney spears um, so- movie crossroads but go on <sighs> I wasn't going to mention Crossroads. But yeah, if you go, like like I said, a lot of up and coming and a lot of established authors and narrators that you know of right now, there's a really, really good chance you'll find them somewhere in Pseudopod's archives. So if you like short horror fiction, um, it's free and it's high quality production. Of course, there's going to be duds, but I don't. I can't remember actually encountering one listening to Pseudopod in, in my days. So um, I highly recommend checking that out if you haven't heard of that already. Yeah, I'll second that. I love Pseudopod. So for the Books in the Freezer book club, this month we are reading Lost Highways, Dark Fictions from the Road. This is an anthology, so also a kind of short story collection. Also kind of fits with this theme. Um, And there are a lot of people commenting on the Goodreads group, and I love it. People are talking about different sections, pointing out their favorites, saying what they liked and didn't like. A lot of great discussions are happening. So I definitely suggest picking up a copy. I think it's, yeah, it's available on Kindle Unlimited. Um, Nominated currently for a Bram Stoker Award for Anthology, and people are reading it. People are talking. Yes. Yes, they are. I have actually not been able to start it yet, so I can't comment on it at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but this is a this is a collection just from looking at the synopsis and the authors. Um, I'm probably going to binge it. I'm, it's probably going to take me like two days. I'm going to power through it and read it a couple of times before our live show at the end of the month. And yeah, I'm looking forward to reading those comments on Goodreads. Yeah, those are great. I love seeing what people think of the books that we're reading and really look at their insights and what their favorites are. It's interesting to see like how different everyone's favorites are, like which stories like people say are like the standouts for them are not the same answer for everyone. So I love seeing that, that there's a good variety and a little bit of something for everyone. So you've read some of the collection? Yes. So on on the Goodreads group, I've split it up, I think, into like five story sections. And I think there's like four or five sections. So I'm currently in section two right now. Okay. So, yeah. And for you $5 patrons, uh, take a look at at the Patreon feed uh, tomorrow. And you will find a surprise waiting for you there. Uh, a little while ago, me and Steph actually sat down and uh, took a look at all of the Stoker Award nominations and, you know, gave our thoughts, our comments, uh, even put up a friendly little wager mm-hmm. uh, between the two <laughs> each other. Um, and it may or may not involve a giveaway for one of you patrons as well. So that will be available for our $5 patrons. So check it out. But you don't have to be a patron to show your support for Books in the Freezer. You know what else you can do? You can talk about us. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, so we actually just got a new review on Apple Podcasts from one of our close friends, Cameron Shady, who actually was the guest on our, I think, young adult episode. It was a really good episode. We love Cameron. And this is the review he left us. Said, as someone who has been listening to Books in the Freezer since the beginning, I thought for sure I'd love to review ages ago. Guess who has a bad memory? This guy. 
I'm going to assume there's some like thumb pointing to self. <laughs> yeah, the two yeah. thumbs are definitely gone. I can hear the <laughs> yeah, two I thumbs. Yeah, I hear, I see review. the two thumbs. <laughs> Uh, simply put, this is the best podcast on horror fiction you're going to find. These creepy people know their stuff when it comes to the genre we love, and they're always adding pounds to my already overweight to be red pile. Books in the freezer has my heart, my mind, and my ears. Keep it up. Oh, thanks, Cameron. Tear, tear. <laughs> so you can be like Cameron and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we would greatly appreciate it. It heightens our visibility. Or you can also share the podcast on social media like Twitter or Instagram. We do have a Facebook page. Um, I don't mention it too much, but we do. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Facebook. Yeah. We have a Facebook page. It's like facebook.com slash books in the freezer. Um, so you can also share us there. Tell your friends and family about it. Tell your coworkers. Tell your siblings. I don't know. Tell them about that horror book podcast you listen to. And even if you are not uh, amongst the people partaking in the Books and Appraiser Book Club, uh, we do have those conversations on Goodreads. But I mean, Goodreads is also uh, a good home for just the general Books and Appraiser community. So if you look for us on Goodreads, you can uh, join in the conversation, talk about the books you love, the books you hate, um, anything, anything like that's fair game. Uh, we're usually lurking over there. And that's always a good time for all as well. Definitely. There's a people asking for read-alikes and it's really good to see the community come together and give recommendations books in the freezer is a bi-weekly podcast we post episodes every other tuesday you can find us on twitter at books freezer pod or on instagram at books in the freezer and yes on facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer you can send us an email at books in the freezer at gmail.com Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes are on booksinthefreezer.com. As we mentioned, we are on Patreon as Books in the Freezer. I am Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. Or on Instagram at that's what she read. And that's that's with two A's. Or on YouTube as just that's what she read. And I'm Devin. You can find me on Twitter at InsomniReads. Uh, you can also find me over on Twitch TV at Indie Insomniac. And potentially, uh, leave some comments to let me know how you feel about it. Uh, I might actually start getting an Instagram soon. Um, give me a yay or nay in, in, in the comments or like at me or talk to me or something because I'm very hesitant about this. But I say yes. yay. <laughs> I, I may, may have an Instagram the next time we do this outro. All right. Hold them to it, guys. <laughs> so join us next time for Books in the Freezer. Books in the Freezer.